Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. The holiday of Hanukkah. It runs this year from Sunday, November 28th until Monday, December 6th. What is Hanukkah? What does it even mean? Well, the name Hanukkah actually means dedication. And this holiday commemorates the rededication of the Holy Temple in Jerusalem when it was under the Syrian Greek occupation. Hanukkah. It's not just a children's holiday. In fact, the history of Hanukkah, we're going to learn about in this show because it's not just a little happy holiday about finding oil and then it lasted miraculously for eight days, even though it was only good and only enough oil for one day. So what exactly happened during this holiday historically. It was the first war waged in the world for religious freedom. And it was a bloody war. It was the few against the many, the David against the Goliath in those days as well. And we're going to find out all about it today on the show. Very eye-opening. If you've ever learned anything about Hanukkah, And after you hear this show, you're going to say, whoa, I never knew that about Hanukkah. I want to say hi to everybody who's listening in from all over the world, from all over the United States, of course, and Israel. Where else? Let's see here. China. Shalom in China. The Islamic Republic of Iran. Nice to see you listening in. South Africa. Be healthy. And Jamaica, Canada, etc. It's great to see all of you listening in from all over. I don't have enough time to read about where everyone's listening in from, but this is my promise to you. This show, you are going to learn things you've never learned about the holiday of Hanukkah. This, you know, something that you learned as a kid, now you're learning it as an adult. And it's completely different, a completely different perspective. So we're going to be right back after the break. Don't go anywhere. Hello, I am Walter Bingham. If you want to hear the news behind the news and the true perspective on world affairs, then the Walter Bingham File is the program for you. We bring you interviews with the movers and shakers, political commentaries, and on-the-spot reports of events as they happen. All here every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Israel Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And it's all archived on our website. Make it a date.
All right, we are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And I know that we've all uh, loved the holiday of Hanukkah. We play dreidel. That's spinning the top. It's a special reason why we do that. Maybe we'll get into it on the show as well. And uh, we understand it as little kids mostly. It's the time that we found the oil, and it was only enough to last for one day. But in fact, it lasted for eight days, and we have this miracle, and we celebrate this miracle. But what is the real miracle of Hanukkah, the Hanukkah holiday. Our guest today is Rhonda Attar, and she, along with her husband, Rabbi Meir Attar, operate the Tomer Devora Synagogue and Bet Midrash in Kohav Yaakov, just north of Jerusalem, dedicated to the value of love your neighbor as yourself. She's also the author of the exciting Alicia Davidson trilogy, trilogy, which some like to compare to the Harry Potter series, but with a Jewish storyline. By the way, if you're looking for a unique bar or bat mitzvah present, I get these all the time. They're great. You get the trilogy of those books. Again, it's called the Alicia Davidson Trilogy. It's up on Amazon. You can find it there. When she's not writing and teaching Torah, Rhonda Attar works as a media consultant for the Israeli television industry and foreign companies, and she's a brand strategist as well. She's here to talk about the real history of Hanukkah for us. So welcome to the show, Rhonda Attar. Thank you, Tamar. All right. So as a children, we always learned about Judah Maccabee fought and set his people free. We were under the Greek Assyrian um, occupation here in the land of Israel. And they came in and they brought in idol worshiping. They, wa- they took our holy temple and uh, we fought and we made a war and we won. And then we wanted to rededicate. That's the name Hanukkah's dedica- uh, rededication. And we wanted to light the, the menorah, and we found a flask of oil, and it was only a lo- uh, enough for one day, but miraculously it burned for eight days. And that's the story of Hanukkah that we've all learned as children. Now I want you to really tell us as adults the whole, real, uncensored story of Hanukkah. Well, that was a good introduction, Tamar, because um, you really kind of used that simplistic story that we did learn in kindergarten or in grade school. And the unfortunate thing is that when it comes to Hanukkah, it's really, we're, we're short shifting ourselves because the story is actually well documented. We've got a full historical account and um, we can learn so much from getting really knowing the full version, unabridged, uncensored story. So why stay with some kind of version that we kind of like have from kindergarten? Um, this is, and I don't know if we can all do this in uh, today's show because it's rather short, but um, certainly we can talk about some of the highlights. And what I say is why it's so important to gain, like I'd say, a full adult perspective of Hanukkah, because it really will give you a perspective of your own life, the time period we're living today, and can even change your whole outlook on the Chag. Certainly can make you appreciate it a lot more. Okay, Chag, um, by the way, is holiday in oh, Hebrew. Sorry, holiday. All right. Right. So we know one of the main practices is that we're supposed to publicize this miracle, but without truly appreciating and understanding why we're doing that um, and why we're celebrating it, it's, it's, it, we don't have the full picture. It's not a coincidence that we're celebrating even our Hanukkah alongside Christmas. One interesting note is, you know, Winston Churchill wrote in his History of the Second World War, no other two races, but the Jews and Greeks have set such a mark upon the world. 
each of them from angles so different, have left us with the inheritance of its genius and wisdom. And this is really important because sometimes people miss the, one of the main notes of Hanukkah, and that is basically we're kind of all Hellenized. You know, the world is Western civilization, um, and this is where we live. It's really the cradle of civilization. And the Greeks were cultural giants. They were massive powerhouse. But what happens is, is that all of us, to a certain degree, we still imitate and emulate Greek thoughts, customs, and styles. But what people don't realize, on the other hand, is that actually the Greeks, which later became the Romans, which later became the Christians, ultimately adopted the Judaism to a certain degree and the, the um, taking part of the Old Testament, the Torah, et cetera. And, and that so would we go on to have, the Western world as well, right? After yes, the Christians, yeah. the Western world. Okay, that we're into. So very, we have this kind of crazy situation where when this clash of titans, when these two amazing powerhouses of cultures hit each other head on, okay? We have the amazing thing that um, Judaism lasted, it survived, and that's really one of the incredible miracles of this holiday. But we also have what we call the Judaized Christians that ultimately came out of this too, because the Greeks ultimately later form adopted, um, you know, parts of, of Torah and of Judaism, even after fighting it so, so hard, which is really interesting. So I say it's fascinating in the end, what we call Greek Romans later to be Christian. They adopted this Jewish worldview after so fiercely opposing it. But first, I think everybody needs to understand where does Hanukkah fall on the historical timeline? It usually confuses a lot of people, but it's like last on the historical timeline. This isn't the time, like, for instance, where you're talking about Moses and the Exodus, which gives us Passover, or, you know, we have holidays that were written in the Torah, like, you know, Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, the New Year, or there's giving of the Torah on Har Sinai. Those you will find in, you know, the five books of Moses and the Torah. But here we have to fast forward, fast forward past the judges period, fast forward to the kings. We're now in scriptures, okay? We know that King Solomon built that first temple. It was for a while, but then it was destroyed. And then we have the Purim holiday. Um, it's important to keep this in mind because after that first temple was destroyed, the Jews basically were put into exile. And the whole story of Purim happened in the Persian exile with Queen Esther and King Ahasuerus. Why is that important, though, is because... Um, we have a son of um, Esther, Darius, and also Cyrus, who is Persian, that allowed the Jews to go back and build the temple, okay? We have to understand, we weren't sovereign leaders of uh, the country. We didn't have that, but we were allowed to rebuild the temple. And this was done, okay? There was a, the, um, we had actually the great assembly that came back and led the people back. By the way, very few Jews actually made Aliyah at the time. I think we had the exact number of something like 44,000, whatever. And they came back and they rebuilt. And by the way, the temple was built even 70 years after the other temple. So it's very interesting. Some people actually saw the first one destroyed. You know, they knew what it looked like and they, and they built it. Um, so, and they came back here. I have it. It's 42,360 Jews made Aliyah. The, why we need to remember this is because the Hanukkah holiday all takes place in the second temple. It's all the trouble started. It all happened in the second temple. And it's also important to note because it happened after this men of the great assembly did what they called canonized the um, scriptures, meaning they closed the scriptures and they closed basically all the holidays. So this holiday kind of came after everything was done, said and done there. And, you know, in fact, they actually created the Judaism that we know now. But another very important thing about the second temple, and again, everything that we talk about Hanukkah is second temple. 
because when they dedicated that temple after building it, um, after getting the permission from the Persians, it was dedicated on the 25th of Kislev. This is very important because the 25th of Kislev is the same date of Hanukkah, the one that we keep eternally. We always keep this date, and this was actually the same date of the second temple. So we need to understand, like here we are with this menorah, which is of course significant, the Hanukkiah of the menorah in the temple, and we are rededicating all the time the second temple. But as we go back in time, it's very important to understand that the first meeting of the Greeks and Am Yisrael, the Jews, was not a catastrophe. In fact, it was made into a holiday. And this is a fascinating story. But at the time, we had a, a, a high priest named Simon the Just, Shimon HaTzadik. And interestingly enough, he is the great-grandfather of our Maccabim. Okay, He was also a nephew of Ezra, um, which was part of this group that came back and built a second temple. And when Alexander the Great came, okay, to Israel to conquer, basically, all these lands, and Alexander was really great. We're talking about 319 BCE. He was a mentor of Aristotle. He had, you know, by the age of 30, he had the largest empire of the ancient world. I mean, 5.2 million kilometers, and he was a great military commander. Of course, he thought he was God. He thought he was the son of Zeus. But by the way, his big thing was culture diffusion. Everywhere he went, he tried to put this Hellenism, Hellas is a Greek word for Greece, and make everybody move over to the Greek culture. And by the way, we always have to remember that compared to the other civilizations that are around, the Greeks were superior to that of most of the vanquished nations. You know, they had this attractive package of Greek sports, music, art, architecture, dramatics. Of course, along with that came sexual depravity, right? Homosexuality and prostitution were the norm. And they also had this entertainment, but a world filled, you know, filled with aesthetic beauty and physicality. Hellenism. And Greek, Greek became the universal language of the entire civilized world. Now, what happens is our people in Israel, in Jerusalem, are very scared to death. They know that Alexander is the coming, and they are completely convinced they are going to be wiped out. The reason being is because our patrons were the Persians. Remember, we talked about Esther, and we talked about Darius, and we talked about Cyrus allowing the Jews to rebuild the temple. So we knew that we were here in the good graces of the patrons on the wrong side, because the Greeks came to take over the Persian Empire. So getting back to our Shimon HaTzadik, he was wearing his priestly garments of the high priest, and he says he's going to come out and meet this Okay, this Alexander the Great. And by the way, this story that I'm telling you is recorded in both the Talmud and it, um, according to Josephus, the Book of Antiquities. And we have a very strange situation where all of a sudden Alexander, he sees our high priest, he dismounts from his horse and he bows to him. Now, Alexander rarely if ever bowed to anyone. So his general, Parmiero, said, explain your actions. He couldn't understand it. And then Alexander said, wow, the image of this person appears before me whenever I go into battle and brings me victory. Okay, we have to hold it there. We're going to find out the rest of the story when we get back from the break. Don't go anywhere. Hi. 
Hi everyone, this is Andrea Simento from Jerusalem inviting you to drop everything and join me on my show, Pull Up a Chair. We'll visit this week's quirky stories, meet fabulous guests, and discover my Israel. Together we'll laugh, shout, and explain the topics that make us say, Hey, we've got to talk about that! So get comfortable and pull up a chair with me, Andrea Simento, every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. All right, we're back here at the Tamar Yono Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. The real story of Hanukkah, not what you learned when you were a kid, but really learning the history so you can share it with others. Our guest today is Rhonda Attar. She uh, is telling us, uh, she actually runs a course on Hanukkah that few women the only special women. I'm just, just joking. But uh, it, it, you have to really know the right people to be able to find her course. She gives it every year or she tries to. And it's an amazing course. I've taken it once, twice. It's just every time you learn something else. So in the last part of the show, Rhonda, you were talking about Simon the Great, how we are a vassal state of Persia. And now Alexander the Great takes over Persia. He's coming back now towards uh, Greece, but he stops off in Israel first, the land of Israel, and he is going to take his vengeance because we did not side with him. We couldn't side with him because we were a vassal state of Persia. We, and we right. knew it would be dangerous if he, if he won and he came back, what would happen to us? So, Right. And then here we have this crazy kind of story. And I say also, remember, Hanukkah didn't have, people think that it happened one, two, three, the Greeks and the Jews, they met, they fought, and da, da. It wasn't like that. In fact, the period of the Jews and the Greeks at this Clash of the Titans meeting, it was on, over a period of 180 years. It started with this story when we had Alexander meeting Simon the Simon the Just. So we have this crazy situation where he bows down and then when asked why, he says, because he sees him. He's been seeing this image of uh, our high priest and it's been giving him, basically, he feels all his victories. So what does he do? Okay, so he decides to peacefully absorb the land of Israel into his growing empire. And as a tribute, okay, for what has happened, the sages at the time, okay, the high priest, all of them, because he speared Jerusalem, they also said that every firstborn Jewish male should be named Alexander, which is crazy, can you imagine? So, and by the way, Alexander is like a Jewish name until today. And so if you wondered why, it was because of this meeting, okay? And the date of their encounter, which was the 25th of Tevin, was declared a minor holiday, okay? So, and you should also know that the Greeks, uh, even though they destroyed the Persian Empire, Alexander the Great, Granted, granted amazing requests and bestowed gifts and donated lavishly to the temple. Okay, much later we have the Antiochus destroying it, but that was not the first um, meeting between the Jews and the Greeks. Then afterwards, what happened was the empire, Alexander, when he passed away, his generals divided up his empire. And then we have basically, this is where you get the strange thing of the Ptolemies, which were the um, Egyptian factor, and the, what you hear of the Syrian Greeks, but it, the Seleucids, but it was all because they just divided up different sections of the empire. They're still Greek for everything that you can think of. Now, the Ptolemies were pretty horrible. They slaughtered like First thing, like 60,000 Jews took 100,000 captured, the, the captives, but they did something that's very important to the whole Greek um, and Jewish story is 
that they forced our Sanhedrin, which was the 70 leaders, okay, of the Jews, to translate the Torah into Greek, okay? So they, one of the things we have to understand is the Greeks couldn't imagine that anyone had an ideology superior to theirs. They saw the Jews were steadfast and they didn't want to become Hellenized, so they figured out they must have to figure out what's written in the Torah. So 28 years after the Greeks arrive, okay, the Sanhedrin, 70 members are locked into a different room and they come out with this exact same translation, right? So the Jewish intellectuals of the time, by the way, were proficient in Greek at the time, and they had studied Greek philosophy, and so they translated the Torah. Now this, we say, began the spiritual exile of the Greek rule, because what happens is now the Greeks understand the uniqueness and the power of Jewish ideology. They see values, laws, morals, ethics. They see a deep study of this unique literacy, unending search of truth that the Jews see themselves as chosen. And now they have a rival enemy. But the Septuagint also stands as testimony to us because when Arabs wrote the Quran or, for instance, even the Christians adopted it years after we had it, we know that <laughs> we have, it was because the Greeks translated it, we have a documentation. We say that our Torah is 3,300 years old, but at least there's a consensus in the world that it's at least 2,300 years old from the time of the Septuagint. And by the way, we can look back and say Solomon was just 600 years earlier than this. Okay, but getting back to, we have this huge clash of the Titans because you have to understand in terms of ideology, you know, the Greeks were the human body. We were the human soul. They were into immorality. We were morality, materialism, spirituality, paganism, monotheism, you know, uh, a natural world as opposed to God running the natural world. So we had a lot that we just, was total disparity between us. Mm -hmm. But what we have to understand as the time went by is that the children and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren of Shimon Atzadik, they started becoming Hellenists. Shimon Atzadik is Simon the Great. Simon the Great. And um, now it's very slowly, and all of a sudden, actually, in 199 BC, the, one of the Antiochuses, the third, he was actually a good um, ruler, an Antiochus ruler, he took over the uh, Ptolemies, the Egyptians, put them out, and the Greek Syrians came in. That's why we talk about the Greek Syrian rule. So he came in Antiochus. But by the way, he also was a good guy. The Jews welcomed him. The Sanhedrin gave their loyalty. And he confirmed to keep the ancient right of the Torah. And he also gave huge sums, and he added complexes to the Beit Mikdash and for sacrifices. He wasn't our problem. Actually, what started happening was happening after him, okay? Because we started having that the Jewish Hellenists, which were started becoming a ruling class at the time in Israel, they really loved the Greek culture and they started getting more and more assimilated. And as they became more and more assimilated, they kept siding with the Greek rulers to try to make all the rest of the Jews also become Greek. And what happened was is they started like tempting them to take things from the from the, the temple. And then ultimately, we got an Antiochus IV, the Epiphanes. He was a, a, not a, um, a grandson of this first one, another one. And um, he was determined to impose Greek culture in the kingdom. And by the way, he was very vain. He was psychotic. And he had like the barbaric Roman gladiator games he put. And he indulged in major hedonism to excess. He would dance naked with the entertainers and everything. But here we are, 144 years after the Greeks came to Israel, and now the majority of the Jews living in Israel have become Hellenists, okay? Everyone's assimilated. The great-great-grandson, the great-grandson of Simon the Just is called Jason, okay? And he is 
already allowing them to have a gymnasium and people to compete uh, nude. And by the way, everyone, if you remember the Greek society, the Roman baths and gymnasium, nudity was as popular all the time there was there. That's how it was. Everything was done like that. Business deals concluded. So the Jews started to be embarrassed that they even had um, a brit milah, that they had circumcision. And so many of the Jews at the time, even then, underwent a surgical procedure called epispasm to get rid of their circumcisions. I mean, this is what was going on. Craziness. And, but this Jason doesn't end as it's not wicked enough for the Hellenists because he doesn't allow idol worship in the temple. So they fire him. And then what they start doing, they started bringing the Hellenists to be, let's say, high priests that weren't even from the priestly lineage family like Menelaus. These Jews had started taking Greek names. They started selling the temple vessels for idolatry. They started murdering the actual high priests that were truly left. And they even raised an army of 3,000 people to enforce Hellenism. Now, this is something we really have to understand because we all talk about these terrible edicts that became the worst under Antiochus, where he talked about no more temple service, you're not allowed to circumcise, not have a Torah, keep Shabbat, keep the Sabbath festivals, Kashrut or the mikvah. Unfortunately, what people don't understand is that <laughs> wicked as Antiochus was, he did, wasn't really interested in repressing the religion of the Jews, but it was the Hellenists and their initiative that brought the suppression. He didn't know what to prohibit. Okay, the list came from the Jewish Hellenists, right? So um, the truth, see, is very different. The Hellenists encouraged Antiochus and urged him to issue the decrees, and they were often the most energetic enforcers of the decrees. So there were times even when the Greeks wanted to withdraw from this conflict with the Jews because it was really problematic. They saw it was, but the Hellenists prodded them to continue. So I hope you draw parallels today because sometimes some of our worst enemies can be our own. Right. But then it got to the point where the revolt begins. And we're talking about 13 people that started off taking over an empire. So, of course, it's very miraculous. But what happens is we get, um, you know, the people started really feeling that, you know, they couldn't stand it anymore. It had gotten to the point that it was just too, these, it was, they wouldn't allow them any religious freedom. And so that takes us to what we call the stage two of Hanukkah. Um, at that point... We, um, ah, it's also important to know that um, what we use, we have Maccabees 1 and 2, although they were canonized in the Christians' um, scriptures and not ours, which is why sometimes we're, we don't really have a Megillah that we read, but we also have Megillah Antiochus, and we have a lot of sources where this goes. Well, anyway, so who thought of fighting back? Okay, there were actually no leaders because the Hellenists were the leaders. So Matisyahu, who was the son of Yochanan, who was a high priest, he was also great-grandson of our Simon the Just. And his five sons say, look, it's true that it seems like suicidal to go up against this empire, but anyway, we're facing spiritual extinction. That's the end of us. Okay, we have to do something. We have to fight back. And if we talk about the final insults, what happened? Every Jewish bride had to be raped by the Greek governor on her wedding night. And on the 25th of Kisai, remember, that's our important date. It was the date that we dedicated the second temple. It's the date of Hanukkah. They had Zeus erected on the altar and a pig was sacrificed. Okay, who told them that date? And the, the temple had to be turned into a pagan temple. It was called the Temple of Olympian Zeus, and they used sacred prostitution. Now, we have to understand, you know, when you look at it like that, okay, all this fun Greek Disney stuff doesn't sound so nice anymore, okay? They made people, uh, they, they, they actually murdered people in the temple, and they had, with Dionysus, forced them to re, re, you know, wear these ivy wreaths, dance nude in the temple. 
they had uh, homosexual and sodomy acts done in the temple. Our place, which was like uh, considered like, you know, morality in terms to be the Kodesh Kodoshim, the holies of the holies. This was, you know, the worst sexual depravity and murder was going inside the temple. So you can really understand why, okay, they decided also the priests how much they had to purify that place. Okay, well, we have to stop and take a break here. We're going to be right back, everybody. We're just getting into the nitty-gritty right now. It's really getting interesting. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. Are you interested in transforming your life, drawing closer to the Creator, and uncovering the deeper meanings and hidden treasures in the Hebrew Bible? Then join me, Rav Yitzhak Michelson, and me, William Hall, on the Science of Kabbalah, where we are seeking to narrow the gap between what we understand of our physical and spiritual worlds. So make sure to tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Israel Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, here on Israel News Talk Radio. Well, we are back here at the Tamar Yono Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We're talking about the real story of Hanukkah, the one that we need to learn as an adult, not just keep our knowledge when we were kids and learned about the holiday. Our guest is Rhonda Attar. She teaches a course on Hanukkah, and she is a terrific teacher, and she's giving us now the nitty-gritty of the holiday. So please continue. Okay. So here we are, our Maccabean fighters. And we said at the beginning, they were like, even like 13. It was Matasio and his sons. He had five sons. Um, they're all very important. They all played a very important role in leading the country. Yehuda, Shimon, Yochanan, Yonatan, Elazar. By the way, four of the five all died in battle. Matasio also died a year afterwards. But they understood, like we said, it was spiritual, spiritual extinction. If they didn't fight, they're going to die anyway. Judaism has no future. It's going to go. So they realized that if either they fight or die, so they did it. They said, you know, who, who for God is with us? And they made their cry. At the beginning, they had very few people when they went up against the Greeks. And we also have to understand, what does it mean to fight against the Greeks? It's not just like a numerical superiority the Greeks have, okay? The Greeks are professional soldiers. They have equipment, they have training, they have this herd of war elephants, which was like the tanks of the ancient world. The Jews are vastly outnumbered. They're poorly trained and poorly equipped, okay? And this tiny force says, we're going to take on this fighting Greek army. And each time, by the way, the Greeks kept upping the ante, okay, in terms of how many soldiers. And the Jews had no real weapons or military training, and they took on the world's most powerful military machine in battle. By the way, the equivalent is if today, if Israel took on the entire world, okay, that's what it was like. That was their odds. Wow. And they started off, the Greeks had like 3,000 people. They thought they'd get rid of them, one, two, three. The war started in 168 BCE. Yehuda even just had a small group of people. And you know what? He says, you know, many can be easily overpowered by the few, but it makes no difference to heaven. Victory doesn't depend on numbers, but heaven alone. And they win. And they have a second battle in Beit Haron. And then they have a third battle. The Greeks started bringing 40,000 infantry, 7,000 cavalry. The Maccabees have 3,000 and they wipe out the Greeks. They get to a fourth Maccabean war in 165 BC, 60,000 infantry, 5,000 cavalry. I'm talking about elephants. Okay, Yehuda has, you know, people started raising popularity, he got 10,000 people. 
okay? And they wipe out the Greek forces. And then on the 25th of Kislev, that's our magic date, after the first two years, the Jews are able to reconquer Jerusalem. And they find the temple defiled, you can imagine, and turned into this pagan sanctuary where the pigs are sacrificed. And the first thing they do is try to make the, the, the makeshift menorah. And this is a story we all know right with it only found enough for one night and it lasted for eight but everyone thinks ta-da that's the end of Hanukkah's story but actually it's not the end of a story in fact the three years of fighting from the time of the revolt was actually only the beginning um unfortunately and i'm saying of course because there were several battles afterwards it took 25 years more fighting 25 years more fighting and a lot of convincing hellenists going back to whoever was the greek ruler, be it Antiochus V or whatever. And each time, by the way, it even got up to the point that they had 100,000 infantry, 20,000 elephants under this general Lysias and Antiochus V. He was the son of our evil one. And one of uh, Eleazar dies under, a son of Montesero, under an elephant. And it keeps getting worse and worse. And then another ruler, Demetrius, he kills the um, Antiochus. And even Yehuda falls in battle actually right near where we live, Tamar, and actually people start losing morale and they think it's going to all be lost. And 15 years after Hanukkah, there's only like, you know, two sons left and this Yonatan right here in Nimigron had to go into hiding again, the Hellenists. We keep seeing this thing going back. The Hellenists were able, the Jewish Hellenists were able to convince, okay, the Greeks to keep the war going. And by the way, many times they did want to have, okay, they wanted to make peace treaties. But in the end, in the end, the end, we have, Finally, finally, we have some respite and actually have a lasting victory. And this what became was the reign of the Hashmonian dynasty. And it begins with Shimon, another Shimon, Simon, the second oldest son of Matisio. The Greeks are finally sick of fighting us and once and for all, and they allow us semi-autonomy. And here is what the king Antiochus, he was the sixth. Okay, and we've got it in a long period of time of this. Is, we had four Antiochus, by the way. And, um, you know, we had... Alexander Ptolemies, we had Antiochus III, we had Seleucus, we had four, we had the revolt, the wars, everything, okay? And then he finally comes and he writes like this. He sends him a letter and he's, this is Antiochus. I permit you to mint coinage as currency for your country. Jerusalem and the temple shall be free. All the arms you have prepared and the fortifications which you have built and now hold shall remain yours. So everywhere where these Maccabim were, Now it's become Israel. It's their sovereign state. We shall confer the highest honors upon you, your nation and temple, to make your country's greatness apparent to the whole world. Can you imagine? This is what they said. So during the time of Simon, the book of Maccabees relates that people farmed the land in peace and produced crops, and the old men sat in the streets talking together and of their blessings. So this is kind of the end of really the Hanukkah story, but it took quite a lot of time. And then Shimon, or Simon, he called himself Prince of the Jews because he was from the, um, the priestly lineage. And then actually the, the Israel lineage is what would have the kings. But so it started the rule of the Hashmonian dynasty. And so that's what it is. We did Hanukkah. We dedicated on the 25th. So what people have to remember is when you're lighting these Hanukkah candles, okay, they, it's really this, it's, the same event, but it's almost like a holiday of the temple. Because think of all of the people who've been lighting for thousands of years, trillions and trillions of these menorah dedications, everybody in their home, okay? And it's interesting enough here in Israel, it's like one of the number one holidays celebrated. 90% of the country actually light the, the candles. So 
We have to remember that the Greeks, like we said, they're founders of Western civilization and they contribute tremendously and they are like physical Olympic torchbearers. But our message of universal enlightenment through the Torah, okay, is really the true light, which was in a world of darkness, okay? Tikkun olam, rectification of the world. Remember Greek society with all its art and literature, you know, the only Greeks that enjoyed the rights were 10% of the citizens. They were male aristocrats. The rest were slaves, oppressed, mass subjugation of women. I mean, Colosseum games, terrible depravity sexual depravity. With Judaism came the sanctity of life, sanctity of the home, marriage, a social system to provide for the poor, the widow, the orphan, the convert, a justice system for all. People don't realize it, but by taking our Torah as the Old Testament of Christianity, the non-Jews or the Greece Rome adopted what they call this now Judeo-Christian morality and values. And we started sharing ethics and morality from the Torah, the Ten Commandments, right? All of these things shared by the two religions. So, this is why, you know, we see the holiday is really extraordinary. There is uh, so much, uh, the, we, we say that the oil was, and the military was a, a huge, huge part of the uh, miracle. But actually, it was actually the spirit, the spirit that it was able to solve art, that we're able to, to keep going after this is going on. So we say that Hanukkah really um, is, we have to not forget our mission to be like we were light into the nations. And we have to remember to see like Hashem's light, God's light, through the darkness of insurmountable odds, because that there was no reason in the world that Judaism should have survived that. And we have to remember that the only limitations to our souls are the ones we place in it. And this is why, in, out of the darkness, we have these lights to be able to show in this incredible light to the world everywhere we are. So, and we also say it's considered a Jewish Thanksgiving. It's actually our Thanksgiving holiday. And um, I think the last thing we should think about is that you know, the Western world today, we have to understand the Greeks and the Jews to continue to represent the two basic world worldviews that we meet every day. Our lives today parallel the challenge of the Maccabees. It's not the first thing that people want to get rid of, of Judaism and its religion. This ideological war against Greece, Rome, okay, Christianity, Islamic cultures, this, it still rages. The war with assimilated Jews that are anti-Jewish or anti-Israel, okay, that's also far from over. We see that there's a lot of assimilation going on in the United States, intermarriage is huge. Everything, we, even here in Israel, so many uh, there's millions of Jewish children that don't can't even tell you what Judaism is about. So we need to realize that um, you know this is a, a war that we're still facing. It's something that we're still fighting. It was the last um, the last holiday of open a display of miracles. It was the world's first ideological religious war, but it's a never ending intellectual power struggle that we're still going on an ideological one today. And with that, I think that, you know, again, there's a lot more to learn in between of all this laws and went on, but to understand that it was about 40 years worth of fighting and against all odds. And, but if that fight did not take place, you would not have Judaism in the world. And by the way, from that, you wouldn't have Christianity or Islam too, because they were born out of that. So this was really a, a pivotal point in the entire world history, and we are commemorating that. This is absolutely amazing what you're saying. So people need to understand that this wasn't a war that broke out and we fought. And maybe after several months or even a year, we won. But you're saying that this was decades long. Yeah. So that's decades generations. Long. That's generations actually fighting. And it was the few against the superpower of the world. But we yep. fought because we wanted to bring the light 
of God into the world over a system of, as you said, only the top elite get to enjoy the culture. The rest were slaves or serfs or of a lower class, which Judaism doesn't uh, espouse, and that we're, we want to bring truth to the world and light and not just materialism and the worship of the body, which we see today in Western culture very, very much. And we're constantly fighting for this. This is a, a spiritual battle today that we need to fight. And so when we light that Hanukkah, the, the menorah, as people say, to remember what this holiday really was and to remember that we're still carrying it out spiritually today. Rhonda Attar, God bless you. Wonderful, bless wonderful you show that you uh, gave us in history. Thank you for being with us here. Great. Have a happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah to you and to all of our listeners. And thank you all. If you have any comments or questions, I can always forward your emails to Rhonda. Just write me Tamar, T-A-M-A-R at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Thanks for being with us. Happy Hanukkah. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dots, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dots from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Doc Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.